Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. As I start today, my message, I want to just start off with a bit of a, a history quiz. How many people are good at history here? How many people are good at history? <laughs> this is a really, really simple one. I'm going to show you uh, the image of someone uh, from a couple of hundred years ago. All right. Can I show you that first picture? Who can tell me who this is? Napoleon. Napo- Very good. You guys are Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Napoleon Bonapartite. <laughs> Napoleon Bonaparte. 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 Bonafide. Bonapartite. That's why I just call him Napoleon Bonapartite. Does anyone know where Napoleon actually lost the battle? You guys are really good. Battle of Waterloo, that's right. Who knows what year it was exactly? Hey? 1800 and? 1854. No, mate, no, but I give you, I give you kudos for trying. 1815. That's about 200 years ago. Does anybody know uh, uh, the name of the duke that was responsible for taking that guy down? Man, you guys are really good. The Duke of Wellington. There he is. Look at him. The Duke of Wellington. What was his real name, though? don't really know that, do you? Arthur Wellesley. They actually called him the Iron Duke. That was his nickname, the Iron Duke. Here's a quote from the Iron Duke. So the Iron Duke, Arthur Wellesley, he took out Napoleon Bonaparte. Uh, he, he hated Napoleon. But you know, in his, um, it was found in his memoirs later when he was writing in correspondence, he not only hated Napoleon, but he wrote this about Napoleon. He said, I used to say of him that his presence on the field made the difference of 40,000 additional men. His presence on the field made the difference of 40,000 men. He didn't like Napoleon, but he respected the influence that his very presence had. I used to play football a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Not very well, mind you. I used to play footy. And um, when our captain came on the field, the team surged. When the team captain came on, I don't know what it was. It was, he may not have had to have done anything spectacular, but as soon as he came off the bench onto the field from arrest, we all just lifted. Have you ever watched a footy game? And you, you remember the times that maybe Ben Cousins came on the field, the crowd surges, the team surges. Remember back in the day, Ben Cousins? Yeah, when he was a good player? <laughs> uh, or what about uh, um, Darren Glass? He was, a, he was a strong captain, but he's probably not as enigmatic or charismatic in the same way as Ben Cousins. But when Darren Glass, the captain of the, of the West Coast Eagles, came on the footy field, the team surged. There was a sense of confidence that the team had. For those that watched the NBA back in the day, remember when Kobe Bryant would come on. Kobe Bryant, or even better, Michael Jordan. When a player of significance, a leader like that, a person of influence, comes onto the field... It has a marked difference. The very presence of a person is significant. Can you see where I'm going with this? 
In the last week, I had my ducks lined up to preach a message um, on prayer and fasting. and Such things cannot be done outside of prayer and fasting. I was ready to go, but the Lord gave me a dream. And in the dream, it was very simple. Um, I felt like the Lord say to us at this time that we must take note that His presence changes everything. His presence changes everything. As I had the dream with the Lord, I was semi-conscious. I was in a dream. It was like that lucid moment. It was in the, in the in, you know, way, 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 way early hours of the morning. And the Lord gave me three things that I needed to share this morning. And as I'm wrestling with the Lord, I said, oh, I'm, I'm half awake in my spirit is awake. See, you always pray that when you're asleep, that your spirit stays awake and communicates with God. Let no hour be unfruitful in your walk with Christ. Because the Holy Spirit never goes to sleep. You know that, don't you? So I'm having this kind of wrestle with the Lord as he shows me three simple things. And I said, but Lord, that's too basic. That's, that's simple. Where's the, where's the ducks? Of it? Where, where, that's... And I felt him say, yes, it is. It's simple. But it's what we need to hear. And so as I get ready to launch into that, I just want to talk about that for a few moments about his presence his presence it changes absolutely everything in psalm 105 and verse 4 this is what it says seek the lord and his strength seek his presence continually everyone say that word presence in the Bible, you'll see that come up often. And uh, when it says the presence, we've got to understand that this is a Hebrew, Hebraic way of, of describing face and having access to God. So when it says, seek the presence, it's seek who He is. Seek who God is. Seek this access to Him. To pursue His presence. And we can ask, well, hang on, don't we already have his presence? God is omnipresent. Well, that's true. In a sense, God is everywhere. He's everywhere. There's nowhere where we can go that he is not. We put our head on the pillow, he's there. We rise on the wings of the morning, he's there. Everywhere, God is. But also, for a sense, being his children, he'll never leave us or forsake us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. As his kids, our Father is always there. But in a sense, we're still called to pursue him. Why is that? Because there does exist some type of a veil for us, and that, that is actually us, it's us, that forgets about him, that is not conscious about him, that is distracted by other things. And so we are called to continually posture ourselves and lean in on who He is, having access to Him, that our minds inform our hearts of the dependence and the deep trust we're to have with Him all of the time. To seek His presence. Why? Because His presence changes everything. When we're struggling with 
isolation, when we're hurting with depression, when we're wrestling with rejection or abandonment, when we have physical ailments, we're requiring some sort of miracle in healing, recovery, restoration, redemption, reconciliation. It's His presence that facilitates the miracle. He wants us to seek who He is, not just what He does. I can smell a mile away when my girls want something off me. I can smell it a mile away. They talk to me different. They snuggle up to me different. They start to massage my shoulders. I know what's coming. Does it butter me up? Yes. Do I still want to bless them? Yes. But I tell you what, it's something else when they just want to sit with me and hold my hand for no other reason than just sit with me and hold my hand. I wonder if our Father is like that with us at times. Oh, that we would continually come to Him with no other agenda. God will take the agenda. He'll take it. But there's something richer and far deeper. This is what John Piper says. We'll show it up on the screens. He says, His face... The brightness of his personal character is hidden behind the curtain of our carnal desires. This condition is always ready to overtake us. That's why we are told to seek his presence continually. God calls us to enjoy continual consciousness of his supreme greatness and beauty and worth. I love it so much, I'm going to say it again. His face, the brightness of his personal character, is hidden behind the curtain of our carnal desires. This condition is always ready to overtake us. That's why we are told to seek his presence continually. God calls us to enjoy continual consciousness of his supreme greatness and beauty and worth. What is it that's stopping you from depending on Him just that little bit more, from that sense of consciousness and appreciation. If we have unfettered access to the throne room of grace, what is it that's stopping us from actually accessing? What is it? Is it, is it your sense of uh, uh, lack of worth? Your awareness of your sin that's getting in the way? Is it an addictive cycle that you're stuck in? Is it unforgiveness holding you back? What is it? Can I tell you, friends, that every single one of us, every single one of us has the same amount of access as everyone else. No one has a a quicker shortcut to get to God. (laughs) If we've got Jesus, the veil has been removed. It's just a matter of stepping over the threshold. It's a matter of saying, oh, Lord, I thank you. I set my heart again on you. It's, it's like that. And, and yet God uses certain means for us to have that and uh, appreciate His richness. The Bible says that the heavens declo- declare the glory of the Lord. So He often uses the heavens for us to appreciate Him and acknowledge Him and be enriched by Him. Last night I was walking with the Lord and I'm just going out and I just catch myself going, oh my Lord, that is gorgeous. Look at those stars, God. Do you ever find yourself doing stuff like that? 
As I'm walking, I went and we've got a big oval near our house. I just lie down in the middle of the, of the cricket pitch on my back and I'm just looking, God, you check that out. And I forget, he put it there. He put it there. And I felt like he did that just for me to appreciate and enjoy. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. What does is, what is that picture do for me? It inspires me to be attentive and appreciative of who he is and his presence is with me. Well, what about the Word? The Bible is another means. It says that He reveals Himself in His Word. So, you know, we can also seek Him through the Word. We can also seek Him. Have you ever picked up your Bible? You've, you've read a verse or two or a chapter or more, and you're like, oh my goodness, God, that's incredible. And you sense His presence as you, as you open up your Bible. He also shows Himself to us in the grace of other people. Have you ever had someone else look at you, smile at you, give you a gift or just sit with you or you've listened to them and all of a sudden, oh Jesus, you are amazing. Have you seen Jesus show up and show off through someone else? Let's not discount those little windows of grace that he gives us. Let's just appreciate his presence because it changes everything. When was the last time that you were able to tangibly experience His presence? For me, it was just a few moments ago. In one of those songs in particular, I, said, oh, I just felt so overwhelmed. I could stay there, I reckon, for hours. <laughs> Can I say to your friends, whether you've been Christian a week, a day, or 20 years, 50 years, May we never grow weary of accessing his presence and letting him change us. Because when we're in his presence, you know it changes us, don't you? It does something. About uh, 15 or so years ago, I remember I was living in our house in uh, Alexander Heights, and it was a Monday. It was, uh, it was a day off and, and Monday I would set aside to just pray and fast and seek the Lord. And I had my music on in my room and I just spent a few hours at that point just waiting on God and praying in the Spirit. And I had a friend come over, Barry, Barry Gardner. He came in, mum let him in the house. And uh, as he came in, I heard he was there and, you know, I got ready to you know, say good day to him. He came into the bedroom, right? He didn't know what was going on, but as he came into the bedroom, he goes, and he, this guy's a new Christian, by the way, at this point. He walks into the bedroom and goes, whoa, feels wicked in here. It's actually what he said. He felt something himself. What was, it that he, what, what, what was that that he experienced without anyone saying anything to him? That was the presence of God, the manifest presence of God. Well, what, does it, what does it feel like? What, what does the presence of God feel like? Well, it's, it's just like knowing someone's there. That's what it is. Have, to have an awareness and appreciation that he's there with you. That's what that is. And we all have that same opportunity. So, let's go back to my dream. The three things that I felt like God in particular to touch on. And uh, it's an invitation. I feel it's an invitation. And this applies to me as it does to all of us in this room. The three things I felt the Lord invite us into in our walk with him in experiencing his presence the first thing is this let it be deep let it be deep 
Don't let your rhythm or your walk, your relationship with God be superficial. Don't let it be shallow. Why would, why would the Lord want for us to not be superficial? Has anyone got any superficial friendships and you're over it? You just, you, are you, are you, don't you just get tired of shallow sometimes with people? Like, just be real with me. Come on, let's go a little bit deeper. I wonder if Father sometimes says, come on, kids. Let's go a little bit deeper. I want something a little bit richer. And it's not just for him. It's also for our sake too. You know, we were created with a deep spiritual hunger, a deep longing, a depth inside of us. Adam had this in the Garden of Eden. There, there, there would be a, a depth. They would walk in the cool of the evening. Adam would talk with the Lord. There, there would be that. But sin came to pervert and corrupt that. And sin has come in to pervert and corrupt our lives, to stop us, to hinder us, to get in the way from this deep, deep, this, this deep and rich relationship with him. Lord, help me to be thirsty. Help me to long for you. Let's go to uh, uh, Psalm chapter 42, please. I'll go to verse 1. I'm going to read a few verses, not just um, a couple of verses. Dr. Wesley, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so my so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise and multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Does anyone feel like that's them today? Maybe that's a word for you, an encouragement for you. Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mesa. Verse 7, deep calls to deep. At the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. Deep calls to deep. The deep longings that we have within our heart. The, the true depths that are there. You might think in the short term that a boyfriend or girlfriend will fill that void. Mm -mm. You might think that a husband or a wife will fill that void. Mm -mm. You might even think that having children will fill that void. Mm-mm. These things are good things. But the deep voids that are there, you might think that having more money might fill that void. Mm -mm. Or a different job. No. Having a bigger house. When all your difficulties in life go away, then all your longings will be fulfilled. No. Some of these things, they'll be taken care of and they can be good things, but you are fully satisfied and fully enriched when we fully enjoy Him. Those depths,
that's inside here, the, the, the deep longings only God can fill. Which is why you can be in lack and still smile or even laugh on the inside. You can be in the fire and still dance in the midst of the flames. You can go through the valley and you know that he's with you. You can go through the waters. You won't be overwhelmed Why he's with you. You're okay, baby. <laughs> so let it be deep, my friends. This is what it says in Hebrews 11.6, and it takes us on to our next point. Hebrews 11.6, New Living Translation. It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him or diligently seek him or continually seek him. Honestly. He wants it to be legit. He doesn't just want to seek him on a Sunday. He wants more than that. Amen or ouch? Amen or ouch? I'm ouch. So second point, I felt like the Lord said, let it be continual. Let it be continual, not just intermittent. Not just when we feel it's convenient. One Chronicles sixteen eleven. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. I'll go back to Psalm one hundred five four in the New Living Translation, please. It says, "Search for the Lord and for His strength, continually seeking Him, continually." He wants us to come to him all the time. Not just on the two-hour slot on a Sunday morning. Are we still friends? You know, we were created for his glory, not the other way around. We were created to worship him. We were created to honor Him. We were created to serve Him. And when we serve Him, when we honor Him, when we worship Him, when we glorify Him, that's when we are most satisfied. The world will tell you deceptively that you are most satisfied and most fulfilled when the world revolves around you. And when you have everything sorted out just the way that you want to because you're the center of the universe. But look at the people that had it all, that got it all. They become miserable. How many more suicides do we need to consider of, of the wealthy millionaires that got what they wanted and realized it, 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 it? Still haven't found what I'm looking for, as Bono says. He serves Jesus now. Continually. One of the greatest things, one of the greatest gifts I believe that the Lord has been working in me personally as a son of Him of the Most High is to have ongoing, regular, continual time with Him. And you know what, can I tell you? It gets real hard when you have little children. <laughs> Any parents, you know, what I'm, you're picking up what I'm putting down right now. When you have small children, it's hard to get that little bit of extra time. People are constantly pulling on you. But you know what? 
it's when you've got those greater pulls on you that you need him even more. Uh, when my youngest was six years old, uh, last year at some point, uh, I, we were staying over a, a relative's home. We did a sleepover and I just, just got up. It was sometime in the morning. I just went into the side room and I was just sitting there and I was spending some time with the Lord. And my little one, Hope, comes in and she comes and she, she comes in and she doesn't care. She just plonks herself right next to me. But she does that and she goes, Dad, I know what you were doing. I said, what was I doing, darling? She goes, you were praying. I said, yeah, how do you know that? She goes, because you have that same smile on your face. I didn't even know that I was smiling. Apparently, we have a smile on our face when we spend time with him. I'm so glad I didn't look like I'd been sniffing the garbage bin. Sometimes when we pray and we spend time with God, oh, Lord, ah, I need you. Just... Sometimes we as Christians, <laughs> we try so hard, just rest in him. We got to take a chill pill. There are moments, I, I get it, there are moments where we storm heaven. But he wants us to enjoy his presence. Psalm 16, verse 11, I think it says, in his presence there is fullness of joy. And as we spend time with him, as I spend time with him, everything else just seems to move away into insignificance because I'm so enamored by him. It's like we take the magnifying glass. Oh, that's where I'm focusing. Oh, you're so much bigger. Thank you, Lord. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, I think it's verse 15, it says that we are the fragrance of Christ. The fragrance of Christ. Have you ever given someone a hug and then all of a sudden you walk away from them, you realize you're wearing their fragrance? <laughs> hey? Have you ever, had, ever hugged someone with bad BO and then you walk away and you... <laughs> same thing, same thing. When we spend time with the Lord, we walk away... We are the fragrance of Christ, it says, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. We are the fragrance of Christ. As we spend time with Him, we smell like Him. If you're not smelling like Him, who have you been hugging? If you're stinking like B.O., where'd you get it from? We often reflect and we emanate those that we spend time with. So may we just become increasingly conscious, aware, and appreciative of his presence. So I feel his call for us to let it be deep, to let it be continual, but also to let it be transformational. To let it be transformational. That is, not impotent. The Lord doesn't want our relationship with him to lack the power that comes with who he is. He doesn't want that relationship to be ineffective, unfruitful, to have no change on us. As we walk and talk with Jesus, as we dine with him, as we enjoy him, we become like him, it should naturally change us. And if I, as a son of God, am not changing and being moved from glory to glory, the question is, am I growing? That's the beauty of spending time with him and in his presence is as I become like him, 
the insides of me start to change. I don't, I don't smell like Josh Fernandez anymore. I smell more like Jesus, which is a far better smell. I don't talk like the old man. I sound like the new. The old is gone, the new has come. May it be transformational. May our relationship change us. Um, and, you know, I'll tell you what, sometimes when we encounter him, different things happen. We do experience joy at times. Sometimes we may experience a loving rebuke. Sometimes we will feel absolutely embraced and loved and graced. Sometimes we'll just feel a sense of forgiveness and freedom. Have you had these moments before? Other times you might feel like really small. Um, we sang in a song before. Uh, it was from Isaiah chapter 6, actually. Isaiah cha- chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died. Can we go to verse 5, please, of Isaiah chapter 6? Isaiah chapter 6. Woe is me, Isaiah says, in the presence of God, mind you, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah is taken in a vision before the very presence of God. And what, what does he experience? It wasn't just all warm and fuzzy for him. He felt, he, he felt so small in a good way. He was so increasingly aware of the sin that that was in his heart. Have you ever been in the presence of God and all of a sudden sin just comes to the surface? Sometimes it's going to be the hidden sins that you didn't even know were were there. It It was so deeply entrenched and it comes to the surface. I remember uh, when I was about 20 years old, I was with two friends, previous pastor Phil Stevens, another friend Damie, and we, we, uh, we went on a camping trip. And then we went to Swanbourne Beach on the way back home. And it was, it was uh, 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 raining a little bit at the time, but we, we were just set. I, just, I, want, I remember saying to myself, Lord, I want an encounter with you. And so I was praying. I was praying in the Spirit, and I felt nothing. I felt dry. And after about half an hour of just praying, all of a sudden, something happened. I, I, I was experiencing something. I was hungry. I wanted something deep. I was, I, I was in a state of continuity. I wasn't going to go. I have to keep pursuing him. But I don't want anything fake or phony either. I just remember praying with the other two guys. And as I'm praying, all of a sudden, I started weeping, uncontrollably weeping. And I just crawled down into a heap. And all of a sudden, I could feel like, oh, what is going on? And I felt something happening. Something physical was going on. And it it wasn't a bad thing, but I just felt to go with it. I just started praying, and I started weeping. And I'm watering down my face, and snot's coming out. It's going in the sand. I'm I'm in two minds. I'm like, do I stop? Do I wipe my nose? Do I just, I've got two mates here, and I just kept going. All of a sudden, in that moment, I started being aware of sin in my heart. And I just felt this sense of repentance, this need for repentance in my heart. And God showed me about things that I'd planned for, the, for later that year that I had to reconsider. And I don't know, I, I, I couldn't explain it outside of 
having an encounter with God in his presence and him doing a deep internal surgery, a transformative work in there. And I'll never forget that moment. Have you ever had a moment like that? It's just so deep and so transformational. See, that shifted me. That marked me. That's what the presence does. It marks us. It changes us. In the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, we can read about Moses in chapter 34. Remember when he had an encounter with the presence and he left, and what happened? His face glowed, his skin glowed, his countenance changed. Something changed. Other people could see it. Fast forward to the New Testament. What about Jesus? Mount Transfiguration? He was there. What about Jesus? He'd spend time with God. Shall we turn there just very quickly? Matthew chapter 17. I'm going to ask the band to come now if they can, please. It says, After six days Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. Let's think about that for a second. Jesus himself, we know Jesus would have regular, ongoing, continual, deep, transformative communion with his Father. In Luke 5.16, I think New Living Translation says this very well, that Jesus would often withdraw to the lonely places, to the desolate places for prayer. Jesus would often do that. Jesus himself. And here we see Jesus going to a mount, having a relationship with his Father, and then it changed who he was. What about the fishermen in the book of Acts? Other people could say, look, these guys are uneducated men, but we, we can tell that what? They'd be with Jesus. Oh, that the Lord would know that we've been with Jesus, that we're changed. You know that transformation is the key indicator of God at work. Transformation. When we see revival meetings around the world, I'm all for them. But do you know what I'm most excited about? Not just seeing worship services, it's 24-7. Those things come and go. Is there transformation in the region? Is there transformation in the hearts of the people? That's how you know that God's done a work in me, that there's the greatest miracle of all, that I'm a changed person. That's the best miracle. I love seeing legs grow. I've seen that. I love seeing back straighten. I've seen that. But I tell you what, when I see someone saved on the inside and I see that person's not the same anymore. That, that person's not the same anymore. I remember them before and now they're different. That is a key mark of God's presence with that person. But can I also say one thing I feel to finish with is this. I mean, we should never take for granted or be indifferent toward His presence either. Because God is a holy God. And I think sometimes we are very flippant with Him and His presence. When His presence is there, at home, when we're driving, in church service, in a life group, what is our disposition? What is our posture? 
I'll just pull out my phone and I'll just scroll. I'll just... Oh, no. Look, shiny silver. Something else. What is that? I'm guilty of this. I allow my, my heart, my mind, my soul to be distracted. May I never be flippant with the holy presence of God. Check out Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira. Remember what happened there? Remember Ananias and Sapphira? Check it out. It's really quite remarkable where these two people lied to the Holy Spirit in the presence, the holy presence of God. It was there. God was doing amazing things and they lied. They told fibs. And have a guess what? They dropped dead. If that's not an indicator that God cares about stewarding his presence well, I don't know what is. I'm grateful that, it, that I haven't dropped dead in his presence. It's only his grace that's kept me. We're going to finish today with a, a time of communion. And we're going to worship together. I'm going to ask the stewards to get ready to uh, hand out the bread and the juice. And I want us, if we can, to just consider this. Lord, where there is parts of my heart where I have been irreverent to you, I've treated you with familiarity. Lord, forgive me, please. But help me to steward your presence well. That I would let my relationship with you go deep, be continual and transformative. Can we pray together? Father, we thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness. Thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you for your grace and your faithfulness. But Lord, also thank you for your holiness. I consider how you have come down to us. Lord, you have come to be with us, to be with us. Emmanuel is God with us. And Lord, help us to be appreciative, not just aware, but appreciative of who you are and honoring of you. Lord, as we, have we time, uh, as, it have, as we have this time together in communion, Lord, we remember the cross. We remember what Jesus has done. And we say thank you that it's because of the cross that we can enjoy you. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.